What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Demo Radio, the Sunday night broadcast coming at you a little bit later tonight, but it's all good. Thank you for everybody that's tuning in now. And those of you that are subscribed to the podcast and who listen to the podcast, um, you remember you could get Demo Radio in podcast form, not the live stream um, on Apple Radio, Google Podcasts and wherever else you get podcasts for the most part. I'm, I'm everywhere with it, as well as right here on YouTube live. So if you're listening live, make sure that you hit the like button. And if you're not subscribed already, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the notifications button so that when I go live, you get the little bell. But thank you for listening. So tonight we're going to be talking about black realism. And we're also going to be talking about the Joe Biden blunder, too. And uh, my thoughts on that. We're going to be talking about black realism because it's the darndest thing. Like black men and black people, we understand a lot of different things. We're experts on a lot of different topics. Um, reality TV uh, video games, sneakers, sports, uh, music. But when it comes to understanding the reality of our situation in ways that we can empower ourselves, it seems that we don't understand that. And we seem to go different ways and we seem to want to label things, label brothers, hoteps and radicals and things of that nature. And so today I just want to run down, you know, why it's not radicalism or why it's not an idealistic idea to think that the black community can actually be a community and actually exhibit some level of power um have some economic power in this country so simply put black realism in my definition anyway as i see it is understanding your position in the society and just moving off of that and just rolling with the black and white raw reality of it um, and being able to, you know, find the advantages in that and still succeed because they are there and they're abundant. And if, you know, one of the biggest ones is um, the idea that, you know, no, nobody's going to actually do anything for us that I mean, I think that's the biggest advantage that we have when we actually know that. But I digress on that point. So that and that goes for all walks of life, right? So you would see the same thing about like you would imagine a black cop, you know, knowing what he knows would be more vocal on the police force about stopping brutality, you know what I'm saying? Making sure investigations are going through. You know what I mean? You would think that. That's not always the case. But you would think that that's what, you know, the average black person would be trying to do when they get into any position, a doctor, a teacher, whatever. Um and one example of a person that I can that I can tell from afar that is a black realist in the in, in what they do in their profession is this man right here. This is Judge Olu Stevens. He's out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And in the very recent shooting of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, for those that need to be uh, that aren't aware of that, the cops, you know, went in on a knock, a no knock warrant looking for drugs and they shot and killed um, a black woman. Breonna Taylor, I think she was 26 and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker Jr., who I also um, consider a black realist Not because he shot cops But because he was armed in the first place Because that lets me know that the brother does, doesn't Take his safety for granted um, That's one way you exhibit That you understand the realness of your Situation as a black person But getting back onto Olu Stevens Once his brother Kenneth uh, Walker Jr. was charged with murder 
Olu Stevens allowed him a bond, allowed him to go home on house arrest, awaiting, you know, the pending the trial, pretend, pretending, pending the investigation. Now, that's a very serious thing, obviously, because, you know, you're a black man who killed a cop, shot a cop. I'm sorry, he didn't kill a cop, corrected. He, he shot the cop. Um, obviously, you know, the police unions, they're going to, they want justice. They want, they think that they've been wronged, obviously, regardless of the, the, the reality of the situation, regardless of the fact whether there was a no knock warrant, the, pe- the people didn't know what was going on. There was no drugs. The cops still want their pound of flesh. But this brother, Judge Olu Stevens, stood in the gap and, you know, put himself out there. Now, this isn't the first time he's done something like this. Now, I take you back to an article um, from August 2016. He actually was suspended for 90 days without pay because he decided that he was going to speak out against um he was actually here it is right here he actually was going to speak out against a prosecutor who was trying to finagle the jury and make it an all white jury in a robbery case and he didn't let that go down and this is the type of you know what i mean realism that we need when we're moving in our daily lives like I said, the reason why I call the brother Kenneth Walker Jr. a realist, because at the end of the day, as a black person, you could very well be Amar Arbery or any variation of any number of black people who have been lynched in America or shot down by the police. And so you have to take that notion seriously. And at the opening of the program, I said something about, you know, black people, especially in particular, though, I'm kind of addressing black men on this one. Actually, I am addressing black men on this one how we could be experts on so many things, but when it comes to black empowerment and ways to better, we, we seem to not understand or can gra- can't grasp um, our mind around it. And all you have to do is just be a realist about your situation, man. Yes, no, I'm not saying everybody's out to get you, but I'm saying that there are forces out to get you and they're actively working all the time. And be on prepared for that all the time. And that's not a problem. There's not nothing that you should be wanting to run from or shy away from or not acknowledge because it's acknowledging you every day. So in order, that's all you got to do when you're a black realist. You don't got to do nothing crazy. You don't have to, you know, do some type of hyper aggressive expression of black masculinity. No, just move and think and plan and, and act with a purpose. Black first. You know what I mean? Like this, like I said about the judge, Olu Stevens. He put himself in the gap for that guy there. They're going to try to get rid of him. They're already talking about trying to get rid of him. They're trying to talk about getting him recalled in his next election, like not getting him now allow him to get elected in his next election. He's a target. He's been a target because he doesn't allow white supremacy to just go down. He fights it back, as you should when you're a black judge. Unlike the judge in Dallas, hugging and kissing and forgiving and giving Bibles and all this other stuff. No. You see the difference, similar situations and very different responses, you know what I'm saying, by the judges. And that's all that's all it is. Now, what you mainly have when you're going against um, the the opposite of black realism is what I call black idealists. And those are the people that think that they're keep they're 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 standing up for black people. And for the most part, they, they I'll explain later. They, they, they can do a little bit. They can say a little bit, but there's always this simple, di- there's, a, there's a simple divergence. They try to see themselves, they want to see themselves as a part of a whole. And the problem is as being part of a whole, when you're when, regarding black politics or regarding black economics or regarding anything black, for the most part, is that the whole doesn't see us as a part of it. So um, I see a lot of things that people always accuse black men, 
particularly like myself who take my stance on life of being anti everything. And it's like, it's not that I'm anti everything, but everything is anti me because I'm the one that has to, when I go into a space, I have to conform and change and meet the standards of other people. When in reality, I'm just a human being like everybody else, but my presence, my candor or whatever the case might may be offends people. So I have to change and I'm not okay with that, but your black idealists, they are okay with that. They're okay with being the minority. They're okay with being the token black. They're the people that think that things can be changed from the inside. And you see with the example of Brother Olu Stevens, the judge, is that even when you're on the inside and you give justice to people, that you're still a target. So there is no inside for outsiders. So one analogy that I was thinking about when I was um, going through my notes for comparing black idealists to black um, realists are it's like a wolf and a dog. A wolf and a dog have 99.9% DNA. A dog is a wolf. Your pet dog is a wolf. But a wolf, you would never confuse a wolf in the wild with your pet Shih Tzu or your pet whatever you have. Because their temperaments aren't the same. Their behavior aren't this, isn't the same. What they do, how they eat isn't the same. Their loyalty to who they're loyal to isn't the same. The dog is loyal to the human. My dog doesn't even like other dogs. Wolves run in packs. They stick together. So to me, you're, if you're a black idealist, you're more of a, black, of a wolf mentality than if you're a black, uh, if you're a black realist, you're more of a wolf than if you're a black idealist. If you're a black idealist, you're more of a dog. You're kept. You want to be kept ultimately. Even though at the end of the day, you're still a damn dog. People kick their dogs out, euthanize their dogs when it's time to get them surgery. Ultimately, as much as we love our dogs, they're still dogs. And that's how we have to see ourselves as in society, not because we want it to be that way, but because it is that way. It just is not. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. We don't have to philosophy, you know, go on great um, philosophies or theories about it. It's a blatant fact. And we should deal with the reality of these blatant facts. And once we do that, things will get better as far as our situation and our respectability. But ultimately, we can't get anything done, and it's always going to be a struggle when we have people that are, that, that are in power, politicians and whatnot, that just feel like they're a part of something that they're really not a part of, and they don't even want to speak to their people's issues. That's always going to be a problem. We have more black idealists that think they're black realists than you know. Case in point, Jamel Hill. Now, I said over a year ago, that Jamel Hill was, was trash, B, because that article that came out, Darren Young, Damon Young, wrote an article for Very Smart Brothers that black men are the white people of black people. Crazy logic. Didn't even make any sense. I'm sure you can find it on the internet. Go read it for yourself. It's stupid. I don't even, actually, I don't even encourage you to read, read it because it doesn't even make any sense. But Jamel Hill co-signed it. So then Joe Biden says what he said as far as, and that was just a snippet. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But he says what he says as far as if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And she says because it was accurate. He said what he said was accurate. She said what Joe Biden said as far as if you if you got to think and make a choice between Donald Trump and me, then you ain't black. Y'all, that is more slave master talk. Now. Of course, you know, Jamel Hill, like I said before, I think I said it on my last episode, you know, if you want to listen to her for sports opinion, that's on you. I choose not to. I think, you know, you, you can listen to other people for a better sports opinion than Jamel Hill. But she's not a writer. She's not down for us. 
she's an actress. She's a she's a she's a she's a phony. And that's just real. But speaking about Joe Biden and his disrespect. The the I was listening to the Black Authority uh, last night. So if you guys don't know about uh, Jason Black and what he does at the Black Authority, you should definitely check that out. It's it's a dope uh, broadcast. But he was talking about uh, he played the entire interview because that was just a snippet of Charlemagne. And I want to say this too because um, some of the headlines, like The Hill, had put out some articles about Charlemagne, and it made it seem like Charlemagne had co-signed. Um, what Joe Biden said, and that's not fair to Charlemagne. Now, I, I'm critical of Charlemagne. I have my opinions on Charlemagne, but you got to be objective about it. And with Charlemagne, how he handled the interview with Joe Biden, especially once you hear it in its entirety, and his, even his responses, from what I gather, from what I've been able to follow um, since, have been very much, you know, not exactly what we want, but more of what the grassroots want than. You know, anything that they've been doing before. And even in the interview, he asked Joe Biden all the questions that the streets wanted to know. The people want to know. And Joe Biden did what he did. He ducked, he dodged, he deflected, he ducked and dodged. I don't even know if that's the five D's, but he did it all because he felt like he wasn't even going to acknowledge. Joe. I mean, he was getting once again, he was getting asked very blatant questions by Charlemagne the God. And he just was talking about how much black support he has, how much people are wrong about how young black voters don't support him. Well, he, I don't know who's telling Joe Biden. I don't know where he's getting his information. But listen, man, if you thought what Bernie said, if you think what happened to Bernie Sanders on Super Tuesday can't happen to you, Joe, you, you're, you're, you're sadly mistaken because the young black voters aren't rocking with you. And you telling us that we're not black because we're trying to fear monger us, telling us that it's between you and Trump as if that's not, yo, man, we're on something else. And so you have to, we have to understand, like I said, it brings me back to full circle to my point, the reality of our situation and that when we're put, making this push in 2020 and beyond as far as trying to get reparations, as far as trying to get a black agenda, black agenda, not minority agenda, not people of color agenda, not inner city community, not impoverished community, no black agenda. When we're on that mission that we just have to understand that nothing else matters. It doesn't matter about Donald Trump. We're not afraid of Donald Trump. Like, dog, our grandparents lived, like I said before, I brought up this point before, our grandparents and parents and us, we've lived through racist policies. Hell, Joe Biden's been the author of some of those racist policies. And that's another thing. In the interview with Charlemagne the God, he made it seem like, like he didn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. Like the 94 crime bill, he said he didn't sponsor it. He said that he didn't want the states. He, he, it wasn't his idea to incentivize the state to give, to give the states money to build more prisons. He lied. He's just lying ultimately to us. And it's very disrespectful. And black people were seeing it for what it is ultimately too. And that's a good thing. A lot of people responded neg negatively to it. But it can't be just theatrics. It can't just be theatrics. And that's what a lot of the black idealists do. They're very theatrical with their blackness. They'll tweet about Ahmaud Arbery. They'll jog for Ahmaud Arbery. You know, they'll talk about Breonna Taylor, but they won't put no money up to the GoFundMe to help the brother out. The judges that feel a way, like they, they won't be like Olu Stevens. The judges won't try to do their thing. They try to fit in and they try to pretend like, like white supremacy doesn't exist and black people aren't the number one targets of it. And ultimately, going forward, we have no use for that. So if you're a black man, if you call yourself one, Better make sure you still got your, you better grab your nuts and make sure you're still holding them. Because we don't need any more brothers out here trying to act like they don't see racism at all. 
Like they don't see color because I'm telling you every day other people do. And it's in the politics. It's in the policing. It's in the economics where you stay. It's in the housing where you live at. And you could, you could pretend to, to just want to live in your dream world. I'm not telling people how to spend their free time. I'm just telling people to grow the hell up. That's all, ultimately. And to get real about this thing, these cops, you know, it could be anything could happen to you out here when you're black in America. And I know that's a very daunting, uh, depressing idea. And I'm not even trying to make it that way. It's just a reality. And I think once you adjust to it, you'll find out that it, you'll be just fine. Ultimately, that's what it is. And if we do what we have to do, we can actually stop a lot of the harassment and terrorism from happening, to be honest with you. But this whole idea that we don't have to do nothing for one another and that it's a pie in the sky idea for us to try to build and have and own a black community and actually try to put politicians in place that could actually handle business for us, for us to tell us that that's a pie in the sky idea, that's, that's horseshit and I won't accept it. Because ultimately, that's something that we could do within the next 20 years. Within our lifetime, we can see this happen. But if your mind's on something else, if your mind's on trying to fit in and not stand out because you stand out anyway. So, you know, that's just all the fitting in is only in your mind. But if that's what you're trying to do, then ultimately the stuff is going to stay the same. Like I said, everybody community tries to move back and live around their people. We're the only black community that thinks that it's cool to move away and stay away. Come on, man. Just think about it. Be a black realist. Don't be a black idealist. Because the reality is in your face every day anyway, whether or not. So you're only playing yourself. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I have to say on that subject. Um, One thing I do want to talk about, though, before I close up out of here, is that the NBA and sports leagues are coming back. And 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 I suspected they would for the simple fact that, man, money... Is where it's at. And that's why I always try to tell people, and that's kind of the 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 bottom line of my of my broadcast that I do, is ultimately, man, the economics. Jason Black says something that um I, I find very profound. He says they hate us because we're black, but they abuse us because we're poor. And that's a fact. You can't we try to under which we've been trying to Like figure out why for so long that is sad. Like we become a basket case as a group and I, and that's harsh criticism, but it is because there's something that the first generation of slavery understood. I would say they understood. I would argue they understood the real. There were more probably black realists in those generations, those earlier generations closer to slavery than now. Some along the way, man, we became idealists and moralists and universalists and it doesn't work for us. It just, that's just not our bag and we're losing in that game. And so to, to kind of just get back onto what I'm saying, though, it's the, it's the money. Like sports leagues, we're never going to be gone for that long because of the money on hand. You're paying LeBron James 50 million. Well, LeBron James got to go make you 300 million. So they're going to have to eventually in some form of fashion. I figured they would try to get back to the league and the European leagues open up faster. But, yeah, the NBA is coming back and, you know, that should be all right. That should be all right. But ultimately, man, just try to make sure that y'all black men in particular you're looking at the, the situation in America for what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and you're, 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 you're trying to grow your mind and adapt and, and act appropriately, appropriately so. Because ultimately, we have no friends. Yes, we may have individual people. But all we have, we're as strong as the black people around us, ultimately. And if the black people around us, you know, 
aren't doing nothing, then that means maybe we need to start raising up our game individually so that we could do something different too. If all we are, if all we can do for our community is leave it, that says more about us than anything, you know, ultimately. So I just want you to think about that. Um, and that's all. So thank everybody for listening to this edition of Demo Radio. I try to do this every Thursday and Sunday. So thank you all for tapping in with me. Remember, the podcast is on uh, iTunes and Google Play and Anchor, too. So if you have any of those uh, outlets, you can go get the podcast for them. I'm going to upload the live streams onto the podcast as well. And um, last thing is leave your comments. I want to know what you guys think about the stuff that I'm saying on here, some of what I mean as far as the black idealist versus black realist, as far as the fitting in versus standing out, because ultimately you don't fit in anyway. But thank you all for listening to this, and I'll talk to you guys Thursday. Peace.